Welcome to Honorverse Today, the Honor Harrington podcast brought to you by TPE Network. Let's be about it. Hello, Honorverse fans. Welcome to the next, I'm going to say exciting in this case, even though it's a lot more narrative, episode of Honorverse Today. This is the, and so far the only, Honor Harrington podcast that you're going to find anywhere. This is Raul Wybera, and I am joined, as always, by my good friends, Jim Arrowwood and J.P. Harvey. How are you two gentlemen doing tonight? Doing great. Great here. So we're talking about, I guess, the fourth book at this point. Yep. It doesn't, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it also seems like, wow, we are really getting into a story here. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. This is going to be a hard book for me to talk about, mostly because it's going to be difficult to leave out spoilers or to not not mention things. Spoilers. It's a pivotal book in the saga. Wait, it's wait, set, wait, wait, what? wait, wait. Since when have we been worried about spoilers? We've been spoiling stuff for ten years. Um, I'm not. I, I'm talking about spoilers. Flat out spoilers for you guys who oh, oh, haven't read oh, the books yet. Not uh, okay. talking about the book before we talk about the book. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to talk. I, I don't want to say anything that's going to talk about when Honor herself gets killed in book seven <laughs> or something like that. You're um, a schmuck, and, you know that? And, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, d- do the math. There's 13 books in the main cycle, so. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, I, I'm going to, it's going to be impossible to talk about this particular book without having some references to things that happen further along, but at least I know I'm pretty sure I can keep actual spoilers out. I'm going to try my damnedest. Well, things are only impossible until they're not. (laughs) Yep. Well, this book, like I said, it's a pivotal book. It sets up the whole next stage of honors, uh, life and career. There's lots of narratives, lots of development, uh, some new and old, some new characters introduced, lots of old characters. Mm-hmm. And it's in talking about the characters that I'm going to have to be especially careful. Ah. So from that perspective, I'm sure we've probably got a few people intrigued who may not have read the books. Jim, how about a summary? All right. Field of Dishonor, Honor Harrington, book four by David Weber. The People's Republic of Haven's sneak attack on the Kingdom of Manticore has failed. The peeps are in disarray, their leaders fighting for power and bloody revolution, and the Royal Manticoran Navy stands victorious. But Manticore has domestic problems of its own, and success can be more treacherous than defeat for Honor Harrington. Now, trapped at the core of a political crisis she never sought, Betrayed by an old and vicious enemy she's thought vanquished forever, she stands alone. She must look for justice on a battlefield she never trained for in a private war that offers just two choices, death 
or a victory that can end only in dishonor and the loss of all she loves. Well, there it is. Hmm. I can agree with a lot of what's in the liner notes. I, I think we, as we come through the discussion, we might have a little bit of a... Di- I, I think all three of us will disagree with a little bit of that last part. Yeah, I, I know. It, it's not perfect, but it, it sold a lot of books. It sold a <laughs> lot of books. And it's definitely a good teaser getting you in. I'd, I'd, rather, it, I'd rather it not be 100% accurate like that mm-hmm. rather than give things away. I hate liner notes that tell you the end of a story. Yeah. <laughs> so... Almost JP, as bad as spoilers, back? right? Hmm? Almost as bad as spoilers. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I could just mute my mic, uh, you know, so. <laughs> I, I suspect all right. it will be I've fine. Got, I've, I've got the power of the edit. <laughs> I, hey, I, I got an idea, Jim. I can sing anything that's a spoiler. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You, you'll, automatically, right. you'll automatically tune it out and not hear it. You sing and I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> for, okay. for those of you who are new to uh, Jim, JP, and I, j- just so you know, uh, Jim's a musician, a music teacher, so is my wife. And I, it's been described that I'm a sound engineer for one reason. It puts, usually puts me away from any open mic as far as possible. I'm the only person on the planet that my wife has classified as unteachable. And Jim, for some reason, seems to agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is our normal shtick, so you'll get used to it. (laughs) Until I sing. Yeah. Anyway, JP, how about saving us here with some uh, publication and uh, historical notes? Yes, JP, please do that. (laughs) I can do that. I can talk about some uh, Honor Harrington stuff. uh, Awesome. Get, get us back on track. So this one, this novel was published in late 1994. The events in the book occur very shortly after the events in the previous novel. If you are one of those folks that tracks the timeline, the calendar inside the universe, the Honor Harrington universe, this is 1905 to 1906 PD, I think. The Something math is like a little that. bit of a challenge, but we're pretty close. The, what is the post-diaspora? Post-diaspora is what, about 2,000 years, uh, I think r- around 2,000 years Ahead. further from where we are now. Yeah, something So this like is around 4,000 CE. Hmm. But, uh, or, or here's the more reliable time reference. It occurs very shortly after the events in the That's, previous novel. So, there we go. Uh, 416 like pages, if you were to pick up the book uh, as, as produced. Uh, it is, or is published, it's reported to be the only book in the original 14-book series that doesn't feature any space combat. Mm-hmm. And nope. uh, I, it's pretty amazing, given what we've seen already, that I, I didn't feel like I had was missing anything. There was so much that goes on in this book. The phrase, Field of Dishonor, appears one time in the book, in chapter 13, and it's when uh, our our buddy, Pavel Young, also known at that point as the Earl of North Hollow, is being stripped of his commission and then has to march away in dishonor. And uh, details to follow on that. But uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's where the title comes from. I bring that up because we had a discussion previously about yep. historic ties to another title. And um, you know, there is... Uh, 
not unique to this series of this author. I suspect authors pick titles or sometimes publishers pick titles to emphasize something that they want you to leave with. And that's where this field of dishonor comes from. And that's kind of the special, yeah. special notes. Um, you know, and JP can so also add probably... in, in context here uh, of the story to where much of the important stuff happens on the field of honor. Yes. Which yes. ironically also becomes the field of dishonor, a field of dishonor mm. when, when Pavel yeah, Young yes. walks out onto it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, well, I think we're, we're, we're enjoying the genius of this story that Weber is telling us. He, he pulls so much together and does it so well that we're learning about honor the character and honor the concept through some very dishonorable things. Kind of cool. <clears throat> yep. But uh, we're walking right up to talking about uh, overall impressions of the book. So let's actually do that. You want to kick us off, Jim? All right, I will. The entire series so far has been way darker than I expected, but Field of Honor outdoes them all as far as the depths of darkness in the Honorverse. Uh, Not only, for me, is it the best in the series, but I'm putting it on a list of some of the best books I've ever read. Uh, I was surprised at nearly every turn with the way the story unfolded, The writing was genius, the story was genius, and the pacing had me on the edge of my seat all the way. I now see what appeals to fans in this series and agree with uh, everyone's love for it. You know, bring on the next book. You didn't say anything that I would disagree with. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing left to say. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, there's our show for tonight, folks. Yeah, as I say, next week. uh... (laughs) That's right. On our next very exciting episode. <laughs> nah. So, JP, your thoughts? Um, well, like everything else in this series, nothing is falsely simple here, which, you know, as I get into David Weber, it's what he writes is all, is complex, but not something that can't be digested. Uh, he's masterfully telling an appropriately complex story about the reality of what um, some would say academically is a relatively simple concept, and that's first and foremost honor. Honor the, the character, the trait, not the person in the book. Mm-hmm. Easy to define, not easy to live out in the real world, and he kind of shows us that through the, the fiction, the story here. An incredible bit of writing as far as uh, I can see to show us as readers just how complex and messy honor can be. Doing the right thing often comes with less Uh, a less than desirable consequence Uh, for folks. Honor Harrington has to make some tough decisions related to doing what's right, um, related to justice. And because of her character, uh, because of how that character is written, she also has to deal with her own mistakes along the way. I think I've mentioned that before. Weber is not writing a perfect character. She has got flaws and issues and struggles. Um, but wow. Uh, what what a lesson we get through through Honor Harrington. So mm-hmm. that's that's my impression with this this the fourth book in the series. How about you, Rel? Okay, if you came into this story expecting your typical military sci-fi ending with a death ride against all odds, you're going to be extremely disappointed. If you came into this story expecting fantastic characters with a significant amount of lead character development 
that happens to be in a military science fiction setting, you are going to have one of the most satisfying reading experiences you'll ever have. Like I said earlier, this story marks the first major shift in the direction Honor's life is going to take. It's an important shift that will mark her entire future. And there's some very important closure. A lot of her insecurities are put to bed. I mean, the, like JP said, she the flaws, the warts are all there, but she grows past them. They're, they're, they're still part of what makes her who she is, but they're still, they're put to bed forever. And as she comes out of the crucible of Paul's murder, uh, we, we have a much stronger and much more mature character. If I had to sum this entire novel up with one word and one word only, I would say at this point, it's closure. And I'm oh, saying like that, that even though we're at really the begin, still the beginnings of the saga. Mm. And I think, Jim, yeah. as we go into the discussion of the story itself, we, you, people might start to understand why, what, what I mean when I say that. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead with that uh, discussion. I will read a section, and then uh, we we can either comment or not, okay? So, the badly damaged HMS Nike returns to Manticore with honor in command. The ship is to be repaired for the anticipated war with the People's Republic of Haven yet to come. Honor enjoys the status of being a hero and is congratulated by her queen and her commanders. So, as we recall, the uh, ship was uh, pretty beat up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I like, um, because I think it's going to be a good contrast with Pavel Young. Um, she, it, the story comes across just like you said it, that Honor enjoys the status that she's achieved, um, mm-hmm. but she is not arrogant. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would have described her as professionally proud or appropriately proud. Um, she doesn't get full of herself. No. No. And she stays true to her humble beginnings. In fact, that's something that uh, Michelle Henke is actually teasing her about on her way yes. to visit the Queen in their private quarters. Yeah. Which is, I think, yeah, a fascinating well, piece of the story, too. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like, you, you know, you, you can almost see some of the uh, seeds of a friendship starting to nestle mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, I admire Honor and the way she's written for not being an egomaniac, you know, she, she accomplishes what she accomplishes, but it doesn't go to her head. Uh You know, she, she remains, she remains a thoughtful commander and continues to, uh, to do her job well because she's trained to do it. So, all right, moving right along. Pavel Young is to stand trial on five counts for his actions in the first battle of Hancock. Two of the charges specify he be executed for his cowardice in the face of the enemy when he ordered his ship to leave the formation during battle. Everyone is in favor of declaring war against the People's Republic of Haven except for one small party. The Conservative Association informs Prime Minister Cromarty that they will not support the war or the war declaration should Young be executed. This causes a lot of strife in the court-martial, and they have to make a compromise that allows Young to live. When Young's father hears the verdict that his son is to be cashiered from the service, he dies of a heart attack in the courtroom. 
uh, Young inherits the Earl of North Hollow's title and makes plans to exact his revenge upon honor for his disgrace. A few days later, there is a declaration of war against the peeps. So, you know, <laughs> Young is dumb. I mean, he is just, he, he's as dumb as a, as, as a box of wet mice. He, he will not let anything go. Mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't see how anyone else can be right. He is so arrogantly self-confident that when he's doing the most horrible of things morally, he, it, even if he knows it, it's wrong, it's because somebody else. It's like, you know, it's the devil made me do it mindset. Yeah, It's not yeah. even self-confidence. It, it's self-centeredness. Yes. And if... It, you know, some people will try to say he's not real. That you know, the character is not even real. Is not realistic. Except I've known people like him. Oh, I've known no. more than one person like him, exactly uh, like him. No, he's totally believable. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you and, know, he might have avoided. He might have avoided the death penalty, but uh, what? You, in fact, he almost considers the what the punishment he did get. Why didn't they just take him? Yeah, you know, his, his. Why didn't they just take him out and shoot him? He he wasn't even worth. He wasn't even worth the pulsar dart to shoot. Yeah. Well, the guy's a coward. He's yep. a, he's a, he's an absolute coward, and we learn the depths of his cowardice in this book. Yeah. And as I recall, we know he's a coward. We're not reading tea leaves because there was a mm-hmm. moment in the previous book where he admits, and I can't remember if it's to himself or if he said it to the bridge crew when he abandoned his post, basically when he took his ship and ran that he couldn't go back. He couldn't stay in the fight or couldn't go back into the fight. I mean, it was just an open admission that he was too afraid to go to do his job. Yeah. Um, So, so that we know as readers, that's a fact. Now we get to watch him spin it or have watched him spin it. He suffers the consequences, um, and then and then we watch him spin it again for himself. Now he is his own audience. Now I guess this is the mm-hmm. example of a person that lives in lives inside of their own echo chamber. Yeah. Well, yep. in this in this next section, we'll we'll get we'll we'll see some of his cowardice. I mean, he won't even he won't even do anything for himself. He, he <laughs> so all right. No, and. and- and I'll tell you what, one of my favorite parts of the book was his discharge. Yes. I, I don't know how much it bore in common with the historical British Navy, uh, historical British Navy's dishonorable discharge. But yeah, it, it really made it really made the rest of the kingdom's opinion of him perfectly clear. Yeah. All right, so North Hollow, in the person of uh, Pavel now, uh, works to discredit honor. But when that doesn't work, he engages a former Marine, a guy named Denver Somervale, to goad Paul Tankersley into a duel. Paul is uh, skilled. Uh, Honor is on uh, Grayson seeing to her duties there as a steadholder on that world. When Honor is informed of Paul's death, she declares she will kill those responsible for Paul's death, no matter what the cost to herself. She practices with archaic weapons to hone her shooting skills. Okay, so this guy hires somebody else, and instead of going after Honor, 
they go after Paul. Well, keep in mind, he, he has a history with Paul Tankersley. Tankersley ah. was his XO in Basilisk Station, on Basilisk Station. I don't know about you guys, but my reaction to Tankersley being dead was absolute. I was, I was just Pissed. stunned. I was stunned because here, you know, honors finally found somebody and, and she's happy and they're happy. I mean, it, in the book, mm. they go flying together, they go out on the beach and all this stuff and they have a, they have really nice times together. And then all of a sudden the guy is dead, you know? Now, I remember mentioning in the last show that I thought maybe Tankersley had some kind of ulterior motive or he was, you know, he was, was doing something underhanded. It was sure nice to find out that he wasn't. He wasn't, yeah. Which doomed him to die. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if, someone, if, if someone like Young was looking for the best way to truly hurt her that he could find that that definitely was it mm -hmm. but it was also probably the single stupidest thing he could have probably he could have ever done yeah and then then in the next part where david weber wrote about honor's mood i mean you could just see it going down the drain i mean just you know she was just she was numb she was upset, but she was also determined. Yeah. Yeah, it crushed her. And you could feel yeah. it in the writing. But then, yeah. you know, she she stewed, she grieved all of the whatever, everything. And, mm -hmm. then, and then she was back. Yeah. But, yeah, but that JP, when she came back, when she was finally able to cry and let the grief out, uh, frankly, that made, in my opinion, that made her even more scary. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it, 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 it changed the whole sense of determination and she became dangerous in a way she hadn't been before. And she yeah. was already one of the most dangerous characters yeah. I've ever read. The, the fear mm -hmm. wasn't to me, that wasn't that she was arguably more dangerous. It was that she would lose, um, her Who anger, she was? I guess her, her honor. And, um, and just become unhinged. And, uh, and I, I felt like Weber took us up to a point where you don't know if that's happening or not. Uh, you, I, I, I say you, we, I was genuinely yep. worried about what was happening to this character and wanting, I know what I wanted to happen, but I wasn't at all confident that that was going to happen. Um, there was solace knowing there's 14 books in the series thought, okay, this has got to end somehow in a, in a decent way. You, you know, JP, I've read this particular book at least half a dozen times and it still impacts me like that. Even knowing the character is written well enough that, that, uh, the, her emotion and her state comes through the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, you were, you were jumping in. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I know what you mean, JP. I wondered and it was completely unsure through this entire section if she wasn't just going to plain snap at some point and just start lashing out at everybody. Um, there were there were opportunities. They oh, were yes. there. Yeah. This, I mean, this was a scary. Maybe that's not the best word, but I'm going to use it. That was a that was a scary part of this whole story for me as we watched her go through 
Well, what did you say, Raoul, earlier? You said this is a book of closure. Yeah. And I felt like she had just achieved closure on some internal unsavory business, her own opinion of herself. Like that had just happened. And then this happens. And it, and, and it, until you know how it, what unfolds, it, you go, this has destroyed this, this young lady that, she's not, not young, middle aged lady. Um, this officer, this commander, whatever you want to call her, she, it wrecked her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then, but then the rest of the story happens. <laughs> Think of it this way, JP. Yeah. Think of it this way. Mac was hiding from her. Yeah. McGinnis, mm. she, she, she was even, yeah, McGinnis was scared yes. and, and hiding from her. That, that's how bad, that's how <laughs> bad a shape she was in. Though I, I have to admit, yeah. w- when she finally was able to break through and cry, and get it, her her feet back under her, so to speak. That that little touch with, when when the cup of cocoa mysteriously appeared at her elbow, uh, mm-hmm. and th- there's more to Mac, there's more to James McGinnis than his neatly pressed uniforms, because so- someone like that is like, okay, he comes out in his pajamas with a quote ratty robe, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was yeah. something. There, there's something about that that really just kind of hits you in the feels. Yeah. All right. Should we trundle ahead? Yeah. Please. All right. Young's security consultant Georgia Sacristos uh, tires of Young's sexual abuses on her and lets it leak where Somerville is hiding out. A Royal Marine stages a training drop that suffers supposed navigational errors and happens to land near a chalet where Somervale is staying. (laughs) Honor's friends and former crewmates interrogate him, and he confesses that Young hired him to kill Tankersley and Honor herself. As the evidence was obtained under duress, though, it is inadmissible in a court of law. All right, this was cool. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was. Really cool. Well, this could almost be a comedy bit in a different thing, right? Like they're going out yeah, to get this guy yeah. and the boss or somebody comes and goes, hey, where are you guys going? Oh, we're just going to go get some lunch back in a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious, really. I mean, yeah. you know, hey, we're going to go help Honor, you know, let's go help her out. Where is this guy? <laughs> so, and, and the people, their who, conduct the people was, who showed was up. not on the up and up. Mm-hmm. The the What's number that? of people who showed up to help too it was it was there was there was a touchiness <laughs> it, it was touching but yeah it was funny yeah. as all heck mm-hmm. all right honor confronts Somervale at the same bar where he met with Tankersley she goads him into challenging her to a duel by stating that Young hired him to kill Tankersley and her. She does this in front of witnesses, and when they meet for the duel, Honor gets the drop on Somervale by shooting from the hip before he can get off a single shot. Then she tells the press she is coming after North Hollow for hiring Somervale to kill them both, Tankersley and her. Okay, I've got so, to correct you, yeah. Jim. Uh, mm. she, didn't shoot, she didn't shoot him. She shot him five, count them five, times. <laughs> With yeah. a frickin' 10 millimeter. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I'm, I'm just doing an outline here. Guys. It was it was effective. <laughs> effective fire. Huh? All right. So, so anyway, uh, Honor practices, practices, practices her 
uh, her shooting and, you know, she's got a lot of natural ability for things and her practicing pays off because she does away with Somerville and nobody could have been happier about that than me. Yeah. Yes. Or we yeah, three for it, sure. Yeah. It wasn't a duel. It, it, it was a summary execution. Yeah. Yeah. Just as it should have been. All right. Young goes into hiding. Now here we get into some more cowardice issues. Young goes into hiding to avoid honor's challenge and intends to wait until until she is redeployed aboard the Nike and shipped out before he comes out of hiding. While at a restaurant, Honor is attacked by a group of hoodlums, also hired by Young. Honor uses a technicality to enter the House of Lords and be seated in her place. Then she uses that opportunity to publicly denounce Young and challenge him to a duel. Okay. Yeah, this was this was a neat thing. I mean, I I guess at this point with her trying to figure out how to get into the House of Lords and and take her seat, it was a little bit yeah, it was yeah, whatever. I I was um it was it was kind of a slow slow point for me, but uh, still I kind of knew what was coming. Uh-huh. But I was still surprised. <laughs> but there was there was some development that needed to occur that needed to occur that was happening in here because we've got honor developing. We're seeing honor earlier as uh steadholder Harrington uh, at, you know, yeah. which is essentially one person we've been seeing her as captain Harrington. And we're also having, she's also having to wear the hat of uh lady Harrington or Dame Harrington, uh, the duchess. So, mm-hmm. It, it, it you, you get some contrasts and the other another important part of this and this is where some of the future set up uh she kind of abuses the position in her determination to corner young and it, it's what she does here more than anything else that kind of creates the negative consequences out of the out, out of the yeah. whole outcome so it, like it was a setup she, that I, needed I, I, I thought she, um, the research that she did or her people did to discover how she could get at him and challenge him without him, you know, slipping away like a snake, um, was, it was like she, that's something he would have done. And I love that she used it. He would have done it to get at her if that was the best way to get at her. Um, she turns around and does the same thing and basically pins him down through a procedural, you know, parliamentary technicality on, you know, a rules thing, knowing he was in that room. And, uh, I, I thought, Oh, that, that, that's awesome that she, she pulled a stunt essentially that was not wrong. It, it wasn't good, but it was not wrong and, and gets the chance to do the thing that's so contentious, um, which was, openly then challenge acute, basically accuse him and then challenge him to the duel. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I cheered a little bit inside that she played the game that way only because I, to me it was a, it was young getting a dose of his own medicine. Yeah. 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 What other choice did she have though? She really no. d- didn't have any choice other than to take the advice that was being handed to her politically, which was not to do what she did. 
And there's a cool discussion in the book, as you guys know, about justice and mm. uh, that results mm-hmm. from that and some really tough decisions that honor has to make. And this is, this is the conclusion of the decision she made based on a, a whole bunch of things that probably uh, people yeah. that have read the book are going to know what I'm talking about. People that haven't, I, I hope this entices you to read, to read this book because it's an awesome lesson in how complex some moral decisions can be and why somebody who's in a position that they need to make a decision that's this weighty might choose one path over another. It, it's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, one of the interesting and, and parts, he, and he got his because, uh, because she, she played the game. She played on better than him, but she, she pulled a stunt that I think he, and I don't mean a stunt in a bad way, but she pulled a stunt that, that he, he would have done that. She got him. Mm-hmm. Well, there were definitely consequences to said stunt though. But what I found interesting yeah, uh, yes, is there were almost, yes. almost as much as her part of the story. Uh, the parts of the people around her or the people who were her friends and supporters, uh, in particular, the contrast between Hamish Alexander and uh, his advice versus mm-hmm. the conversation the Queen had regarding the whole situation. Yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, you see them wrestle with the same problem. I, I will this say this, a, there is this a isn't lot a more clean to, cut binary. What's that? I don't know. I was going to say it, it's not a clean cut and it's not binary. And no, if it seemed like there was more behind uh, Elizabeth in particular, her actions, we're eventually going to learn that, yeah, there's a lot. There, there's a lot that's driving Elizabeth in this. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, one, uh, be- because we've we've talked about uh, very briefly the duel, I wanted to point out a little uh, I thought was an oddity in this, even though I think I know I know how how it works. Um, so they are dueling with pistols and they're dueling with old pistol pistols that we would recognize today is probably modern Andrew LaFollette recognized them. He used to train on them. They were state of the art yeah. before they joined uh, the alliance. So. Uh, that's kind of cool. That's a neat piece of history and heritage that carried itself forward. And there's a discussion about whether or not dueling is even a proper thing. Uh, but it is legal and it's a part of the, um, the customs, uh, of the culture. And we know that that's a real thing because that was a custom even in our own American history at the time. And certainly with the, with the, uh, the English mm-hmm. and, so no issue there, but um, at some point in the book, and I had to go back and look at it again to make sure I didn't misread it. Um, the the distance that they they begin at is described as forty meters, so forty three yards, just over forty three yards, one hundred and thirty one feet. That is a huge distance with a pistol for for a handgun. That is. A huge, huge difference. Yeah. If you if you've it's ever shot, it's a half shot. a football field. If you want to think of it that way, it's just short of a half of a football field. Um, just for reference, uh, and I shoot this course of fire, and I'm a qualified so pistol 40 instructor. Forty meters, fifty yards, roughly. The yeah, yeah, it's it's forty three yards. So you know, but people, you know, maybe I can't forty three yards. That's more than forty and less than fifty. How far are we talking? It's a half a football field. It's a different reference. Yeah. Little, little less than that, but um, the NRA 
pistol instructor qualification requires you to put 20 rounds in a six inch group on a, on a target that's essentially the size of a paper plate at 15 yards. That's 45 feet. So, uh, that's not easy for those of you that's that not shoot. The, that's not as easy it. as you might think if you've ever, if you, if you shoot, you, you know it. Yeah. It can, it's not impossible. You, you have to train to do it. Um, it, it's just a, a good enough distance that your skill and your discipline matters. You can't just be ham handed and take care of it. Um, but it's not nope. so hard that you can't achieve it. That's so again, that's, that's 15 yards or 45 feet. These, these folks are starting their duel at 131 feet or 43 yards. Um, now here's how I think that works. And they're using a shooting a 10 millimeter, which is a round that we know today. So, uh, it, I've never shot 10 a, millimeter. I've shot it, nine. I've shot yeah. 380. You feel it. Y- yes. Um, so, so there's that, but here's the thing. And I'm going to just assume that their duels work like ours do. Actually, I don't need to assume. I think it was in the book. Um, you, you start at a specified distance and when, when there, when nobody hits, you, you move closer, a specified amount. Mm-hmm. And you shoot again and you move close. And they and they talked about there were two sets of rules in play, honor selected one of those two sets. Um, but uh, my assumption was, okay, that's, that is a ridiculous distance to start. But you, it, you're not going to stand at that distance forever. You're going to close on each other until somebody wins. But I was just, I was stunned by like 40 meters. That, you're like with a pistol that's lobbing artillery, right? I mean, you're. Um, yeah, that that I, makes I, I, the uh, the shot that Honor made amazing. And now I want to ask you guys a question. She made it five times from the hip. Yes, yes. Um, I immediately assumed something happened that never was mentioned in the book, and I I want to be careful to avoid, to avoid the spoilers that we do try to avoid. So I want to offer an opinion or ask a question. And I'm pretty sure I don't want the answer. I just want it out there. And then, and then maybe either we talk about it later or we don't because Mm -hmm. maybe my answer will come, but here it is. Please. Several books back, honor was very badly injured and she lost an eye and then she got a replacement eye. And we've seen that that has some cool capability that isn't, uh, you wouldn't find in a natural eye. And my first thought was the magnification factors. She, there's some feature in that eye that allowed her a level of accuracy that, that a normal, a natural um, human eye just isn't going to give. You can be a great shot. You can do all those things, but a 40 yard shot five times, a 40 meter shot five times. Uh, and I thought, oh, we're going to hear later that she cheated or something because she's got the eye. Well, that just never came. But I wanted to throw that nugget out there. If I was or wasn't the only person that wondered that, that's cool. You um, are not the only person that wondered about that. And I, I actually have thought about it a, a, a lot in the reads and rereads. So we'll, uh, but it's just out there because it, it was a curiosity. Um, like I so would I don't, love I don't to really see some answer. input from the readers yeah. or from our listeners on that too. Yep. Um, I will point out, though, that she made the shot from the hip, and there is no aiming correction. There's no correlation between the Mm -hmm. eye and the sights on her weapon, the way a scope would do it. 
Yes. And if anyone tries to uh, comment about, well, that kind of shooting isn't even, you know, reasonable, go look up Kristen Joy Weiss on uh, the internet, on YouTube. Yeah. It's, um, for, if you're into this uh, sport or activity, um, this is this is where you can geek out because there's there you know they're like with all sports or all hobbies or all whatever you want to call it um, yep. there are technically cool things and then amazing skill things and then those two come together and uh, th- that was a really neat it wasn't a problem for me it was just a really neat part of the book that I went that's that's pretty incredible like a lot incredible, but Mm -hmm. then my mind went immediately to her altercations or her modifications, her, um, her prosthetics, whatever you want to call them. And, um, and so I'm going to ponder that as we read on and just always wonder if that's how that worked out, unless it's resolved later, later in the story. And another name to look up for that kind of shooting, uh, is, uh, Jerry, uh, Mikulik or Misulik. Yep, yep, you know, you know who I'm talking. You already I know, know exactly who, I'm talking who about you're too. talking about, and his daughter is very accomplished too. But now Jim's yeah. going to yell at us because this is not. <laughs> this is not the shooting. This is not the cowboy podcast. action. Yeah, this is not the cowboy act. That kind of shooting that she did was yeah. called cowboy action. This, this is, is the not the cowboy action podcast. podcast and we're moving forward from here. Oh right. yes. <laughs> During their duel, Young turns early and shoots Honor. I mean, yeah, shoots her right in the back. Yeah, shoots her in the back. She is injured, but she kills Young in the duel anyway. All right, so she is expelled from the House of Lords, and political pressure causes her to be stripped from her command. Uh, She is placed on half pay. She decides to return to Grayson until the political climate cools off. So, now we see that. Best thing that ever happened to her. Uh, Yeah. Well, young young proves his the depths of his cowardice, and uh, you know there was a point in this section of the book, and I don't know if either one of you thought about it, but I I was really curious if Honor wasn't going to walk up to this guy and shoot him in the knees and just let him suffer. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she already achieved that. At- I think I honestly think she already achieved that with the way she took care of Somervale. Um, the the way she killed Somervale was definitely a big black and white message directly to Pavel Young of "You're next." Well, I wondered if she wasn't gonna, if if uh, David Weber wasn't gonna leave him alive to come back a little later and try to pull something again but no we 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 needed the closure if he if he did i i get what you're talking about but i think if he did he would have kept him alive too long i'm kind of yeah. glad he didn't do that because i i was tired not tired of the story i was <laughs> i was drained um at these things that had happened and i, I yeah you said closure again Raul. i i think i needed yep. that at least me as a reader i needed this to be done so we could move on because it, it was tiring um, yeah. emotionally tiring again, not, not like, Oh yes. my gosh, when will this story end? It was like, I'm, I'm tired from reading this, um, these events. This has got to wrap up because I'm exhausted. And, uh, and he did, he yeah. tied it up. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see that though, Jim, I, I hadn't thought of that. That hadn't occurred to me. And you say it now and it's like, Oh, he could have gone in that direction. So easy. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it 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 was there. There were it, the door was open, but and no, and I'm glad there was closure too. I'm glad that it that it got done and over with. Uh, got tired of reading about the attempted rape. I got tired of reading, you know, all that stuff. It's like, okay, well, let's do something about it, and that's what we did. Uh huh. All right, so Raul, I'm going to hand it off to you uh, for some brief uh, character discussions. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm th- there's a lot of characters that I want to mention. Uh, whether or not we have much discussion on them or not is an entirely different story. But at the very yeah. least, the characters that you need to be aware of, obviously, Honor Harrington. Uh, like I said, the, the character growth, uh, huge character growth. Uh, she seems to be picking up an appreciation for uh, skirts and setting fashion. Looking forward, uh, her outfit that she selects for Grayson is going to be sort of a trademark for her. Uh, and, and it's one of those lighter moments that will come into play in and out over the course of the future when we've got, but it really, it's what makes it important to mention is Honor Harrington at this point really is becoming a lady of two worlds. Yeah. And, and she's Matt comfortable trousers, with all of that. Yeah, she and she becomes yeah. comfortable with all of that. Manticorn trousers and uniform, Grayson skirts and gowns. Very different worlds, and she's truly a per- lady of both. Uh, Nimitz. Yeah. I, I, yes. Well, hold on a second. I, I was very appreciative that, that Honor has become more human. Yes. Okay, yes. she's... She's got feelings and everything. Before it was like, well, she's just a machine, right? Uh, she's she a a great machine, but now we're seeing another side. Um, so there's a you know a lot of character development going on across these books. So. And this the, the, the pieces of closure here is what brings that. I think. Were you about to add something, JP? No, we can talk about okay. Mr. Celery Sticks now if you want. Yeah. Um, you, you notice the bond is getting stronger. We're, we're starting to see more honor actively using what Jen, what uh, Nimitz is sensing in other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then th- th- this is going to be, I, I've said before, it, it's going to be a continuing piece. I, and he gets his own skin suit. He, he's not going to be stuck in a module anymore. Uh, one of the lighter oh, moments. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Yes, sir. Jim. I have a question for JP on the scale of one to five, which you were like in negative numbers on Nimitz previously. Are you warming up to this uh, character or not? I'll say some a little bit. Okay. It, I so think there, there's hope. Oh, we've gone there's, from this seems like a gimmick that I don't understand to okay, there's this this critter is becoming a actual part of the story yeah okay so uh, uh there's hope for nimitz there, there, there's hope yeah the, no, and actually i think a better way of pointing is there's hope for jp but uh jim <laughs> the way that, you describe it though is the, the way you describe it though is the most accurate nimitz is he's not a pet he he's not a gimmick he's actually a character in the story mm-hmm. and it, it's a slow roll it's as far as the development, but it really begins to develop as a character. And there's, there's going to be, there's going to be some things that I, I have a feeling is really going to re- get to JP. 
uh, with, with Nimitz. Yeah. Uh, well, Paul we'll Tank, see. We'll see. Yeah. I'll keep I'll keep pulling JP on this until we figure out where we're going to wind up. Paul Tankersley, I think, Jim, you probably pretty well described it the best uh, as far as her being honors love interest mm-hmm. and the absolute shock of just the way he was killed. Yeah. Well, and, and we didn't even actually see how he got killed. It was just no, off screen. He went to the duel and the next thing you know, well, Paul's dead. And it's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yep. but, yeah. Yeah. Bri- brilliant writing. Uh, Hamish Alexander continues to play his important role. Honor finally figures out that, yeah, he actually has been sponsoring her career without her knowing it. And yeah. we finally get to see something that uh, we've been talking about with JP all the way back into season three of the Babylon Project podcast. Uh, lawful versus mm-hmm. unlawful orders. Yeah. Ah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's explicitly addressed here. So I, I was going to ask yeah. for your thoughts on that. I, I like that Weber made that a thing. That he would take mm-hmm. the time to even bring that up um, and make it clear what he was discussing. I, I liked it. it yeah. And, yeah. And it framed the real dilemma. It, it, I think it would make somebody who didn't have any knowledge of that whole thing that, you know, we just, you just don't follow orders because they're orders, that there's a lawful component to it. And that's a, he did a great education job of educating somebody who wouldn't necessarily know or understand that here's a picture of what that looks like mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, i i liked it i liked it yeah yep and i like this character too yes yeah so well, I, I he, he's he going to be like an increasingly kind of a, important character he seemed like a grandfatherly kind of yeah <laughs> character so okay i'm i'm, I'm gonna move on uh howard clink scales Diehard, grace and conservative, um, totally opposed to the the kind of modernization that uh, the Mayhew protectorate is pushing, and yet he is utterly dedicated to honor as her as her regent. Um, and, and his explanation you of said that modernization. I, I would have uh, called yes, it, the, from his perspective, a liberalization. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, he embraces yeah. Uh, on, honor. He, he's, 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 he becomes dedicated. That's the better word that you used. He becomes dedicated yep. to honor. Yep. And his explanation behind it was almost one of my quotes, but I figured I couldn't get away with quoting almost an entire chapter. And, and it was... And, and you might get sweaty eyeballs. A, huh? <laughs> Said and you might get sweaty eyeballs from that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the people that serve in in uh, studying Harrington, I mean, it, it's a service of love. And like he says, besides, I really like you. Yeah. Willard that, New that character, I did not like. I didn't like first, him when we met him. Book. I think probably nobody did. And it's awesome yep. to see uh, the change that is happening with him yes, and, I, and the emergence of his relationship to honor. That's neat. And it's not a retcon. A lot of authors would have nope. just grabbed it as a recon. It's still, it's what you saw in the man. It's just the stuff before blocked it. And it was something you didn't like about him. 
And it was the growth of the character. Another character, which one is it? Oh, it's the dog. Uh, Willard Neufstyler. I had to put those two together. I'm just going to say I dread the day when <laughs> Willard and Howard meet up. Uh, it, it, mm. it should prove interesting. Uh, we've still got Mike, uh, Michelle Hinky, her best friend. Who, and I kind of felt sorry for Mike in a way because she was in a tough spot. And it's like, you know, sometimes yeah. the only thing you can do for a friend is be there. And that's yeah. what she did. I like Mike. Everyone likes Mike. She, she's a, she is absolutely a favorite. And as things go, we are absolutely going to be seeing more of her. Yeah. She brings Good. a light side to the story. Uh, whenever she, she appears, kind of mm -hmm. lightens up the mood a little bit, which gives you a little bit of relief from, from all the heavy stuff. She lightens up on her. She, 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 yeah, it, 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 that's a, that's a big part of it. She lightens up on her. Mm -hmm. She, she seems to be able to bring honor out of the dark places. Yep. Elizabeth, Adrian, Samantha, Annette Winton. And now you know why she just goes by Queen Elizabeth the third. The queen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There, like I said earlier, there, there's absolutely, it's still in the seeds, but you can see a relationship uh, starting to form there. And what's interesting is mm -hmm. the queen might not have been able to support honor at the end of everything in the book, but Elizabeth absolutely and clearly does. And the reasons behind some of this, we will eventually learn and they're going to be interesting. It's going to be one of those, yeah. ah, I understand. When you see oh, that, good. that's all, almost said as bluntly as you said it, Raul, uh, in the book, that she she's torn between her duties as queen and her heart as a woman, yep. as a, a woman who's a leader. It, it was neat. And, uh, and just I, out of the I friendship she feels towards to us, honor. There's more coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> We've still got James McGinnis, as always. You, you can't help but love the guy. And, and like yeah, I said, he's, that he's cool. The ratty bathrobe moment for me. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a guy thing. It's the ultimate guy thing. Everyone's got that ratty bathrobe or that ratty shirt that their wife is just keeps trying to throw away. And then you pull, you have to sneak in and pull it out of the trash. <laughs> um, Andrew LaFollette. I, gosh, I've kept, you know, that I kept mentioning the grace and character uh, that we're going to encounter that you're absolutely going to love. Andrew is the, mm -hmm. he was that, he's that character. And it, he, he's one of the most beloved characters in the saga. And I love the way the book describes him. Mac with a gun. Mac with mm. a gun. Yes. And, and you, it, it is the most well-turned phrase to describe someone I've seen. And of course, uh, along like we, with Andrew. We all want more Mike. I think we all want more Jamie too. Or, uh, uh, Jamie, Jamie or Andrew? But, um, You're going to get more Andrew, Andrew and, of Andrew. course, Jamie yeah. and Simon, her other armsmen. Mm -hmm. Just like Howard Klinkscales, they're, they're at, you know, they're, they're at, they ask why, you know, when, when he's having to ask why, when, why are you doing this? Why are you taking the approach? Because she's my stead holder. Yes. And then when Tomas Ramirez pushes on the issue, it's, she's my stead holder and we love her. Yep. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, enough said right there. Yeah. And of course, we get McKeon and Andy Venezelos, uh, Mitch and Thomas, Susan Hipson, Iris, Babcock, Scotty and Harkness, the friends that come and go through the series. Mm -hmm. Oh, and of course, Pavel Young, Jim, I had to make a correction. You called him the resident scumbag. I had to rephrase that as the resident dead scumbag. 
Yeah, but that wasn't <laughs> until later. Um, <laughs> I think I may have slipped and said we're not done with Denver Summervale when we were uh, doing On Basilisk Station. Now you understand that. Yeah. Yep. No, I'll tell you what, going back to Pavel Young, yes. I really detested this guy. Yeah, he, 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 and he really is that detestable. And sadly, part of the reason he is so detestable is apparently I'm not the only person who knows someone who is just like him. Well, you know, the insights that we got to his thought processes were, were very revealing and just really just, I was, there was no, no redeemable qualities in this guy whatsoever. He was a, he was a rapist that's it just from the uh-huh. word go and it, it, it seems that uh his attitude and his mindset is almost a family trait yeah, yeah well yeah that's we, that we kind of a... caught that with dimitri his father and we're going to see that going forward with uh the rest of the with his brothers oh um georgia mm-hmm. sacristos elaine yeah uh, speaking of the youngs, it, this is going to be a recurring character, just so you know, and there's a lot more to it. If it, if it's, if it seemed like you put a little effort into her, that character, it's because yes, there is more than to her than we know at the time. Good. Hmm. And if you really want the real villain of the story, Michael, ha- Michael Hanvier, uh, Lord Highridge, in my opinion, he's the true villain of the book. <laughs> Uh, th- think about it. E- even worse than young, he he was ready and willing to throw the whole damn kingdom under the bus just to get us some short-term political advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this character is going to go downhill from where we start. <laughs> and I can't say anything more. It's right right now. I'm at the uh, point of foreshadowing what was okay. actually written. And if I say anything else about this guy, I, I'm going to go into spoiler zone. Okay. JP, but your thoughts on him. <laughs> <laughs> so you want, yes, themes. Um, here we go. Some repeats, some not, uh, the real world as represented in this book is complex. And, uh, I am an already a huge fan of Weber for how he represents that honor is a theme. Of course, the concept, not the not the character. Mm-hmm. Justice, uh, which I mentioned earlier, we may all want it, but it's not always simple or clean. Mm-hmm. Um, the need <laughs> or even the demand for justice occurs because we live in a very complex world, and I might even add in a messy world. If, if, if the world mm-hmm. wasn't, if humanity wasn't that way on some level, there, there would be no need to say, I need justice. And Weber paints an awesome picture of the environment that justice is demanded in. Politics, eh, that's all through this book. And we've talked about it uh, just in the last uh, many minutes. And the, yeah. media's, and the media's involvement in politics. Yep. But it's uh, not boring. Oh, it is not boring. No, it's not. I tell um, you what, a lot of stuff I read that gets into politics, and I'm including Frank Herbert, in this <laughs> is just horribly boring, but yeah, it's, it's a not, grind. Not in these books. No. I had a hard time getting past God Emperor, past you know, going past God Emperor of Doom. Yeah, oh, it's it's a social, it's a uh, a social commentary mm-hmm. is yeah. what it is. However, in defense of Frank Herbert, he when he wrote that, 
he was going through some very, very tough times. True. I have I have that on good authority from his son Brian Herbert. Yeah. Because uh visited with him a few years back for uh another podcast. Uh, you can the, say the name, the Dune Saga podcast. Yeah, it's it's du- definitely worth a listen. Yeah, the Dune Saga podcast. We talked to Brian Herbert and and mentioned, you know, geez, this book's hard to read. And he he explained uh, what was going on at the time. So I, I certainly under I certainly understand. So I, continue. I think I think um, David Weber gets away with this. That's not a negative statement. Because all of the politics that we're seeing, and we're seeing a good dose of it, is anchored to a bigger story. It's not a story about politics. And the Herbert is a world builder. He, um, at times, did seem, not just in God Emperor, but before that, seemed to Mm -hmm. stray into the building of politics, um, ultimately to be used at other times. And um, Mm. to me, that explains a little bit of the difference between how we see Weber hand, handling politics and maybe how Herbert did. I don't know, just an opinion. Um, yeah. But politics, it's all over the place, especially in this book. And um, they're, they're necessary. You know, people can hate politics, but it's a, you know, it's a thing. It's a, it's a part of humanity. And sometimes it's messy, which takes us back yep. to justice. And it's one of your four uh, powers. <laughs> yep. Yes. An instrument of power. Oh, yeah. uh, last one I'll throw out there is consequences. Actions have consequences. We see that in this book, um, maybe in a heavier way than in some of the other ones so far. Uh, even mm-hmm. if done, um, even if done yeah. out of necessity and for the, for the the quote unquote right reason, there may be a real price to pay that is not necessarily fair or just. Um, yep. So. Uh, there is that, and we're watching Honor Harrington. That's what she wrestles with. She's given advice. She's given strong advice. She's given good advice, and she has to wrestle with that and the consequences that she is well aware could follow. You know, any of her courses of action, and then she picks a course. And, uh, and like sometimes, sometimes up, doing right? what's morally right can be politically inconvenient. And it can be personally inconvenient. In fact, it can be catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Doing the right thing can come with horrible, horrible consequences, depending upon perspective. And I think Weber, I, I hope there's more of this in the books to come, in that um, he t- this, this is a, you know, college classes are, you know, spent the time in them is spent wrestling with issues like this. And Weber puts it into a story that's readable and enjoyable and, you know, in the, in the sense of reading, reading an adventure, but wow. Uh, so those are the themes that, mm-hmm. uh, that I see here. Yep. Many of them, if not all of them really are, are extending from the three previous books. Mm. Yeah. So that actually kind of brings us to some of our favorite points of the plot itself. And if you don't mind, I, I want to, I'm going to go first because sim- it simply carries on with what we were, you were talking about at the last there, JP. Okay. Um, one of my favorite points of the plots that duel with Somerville, as I've already kind of hinted at in, yeah, the, the cold, e- even more than the duel, even more than the uh, duel with, uh, with uh, Young. Pavel Young, the yeah. duel with Somerville, the cold determination with which she 
just simply corners, reverses the situation, and then summarily destroys him. And I have to use the word destroy because execute is just too mild of a word. Uh, And then immediately following that with the ruthlessness of a challenge to Young. Um, And more important, there's actual real consequences to that action, to those actions. In a way, it kind of reminded me of back uh, when we were talking about Babylon 5, uh, Sheridan's stand against Clark, doing the right thing in an impolitic way. Yeah. Uh, You know, and I'll tell you this, as harsh as the consequences might seem at the moment, uh, they may very well prove to be one of the best things that that ever happens to Honor as far as both her growth as a person and her growth as a power in the galaxy. Um, Sweet. Almost, hmm? I said sweet. Yep. Almost enjoy as enjoyable for me was the court martial and cashiering of Pavel Young. Um, <laughs> you know, e- even more than his death on, on the field, that really is where a lot of the closure happens for, for honor. And that's almost the first half of the book. I mean, yeah. it's a fairly long book and almost the first half of it is, I mean, is young and okay. Finally favorite. How, how can we not have, the great vanishing celery mystery not be someone's uh, in someone's list of favorites in the plot. I'm, I'm not re- I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> okay, I like I said, there is something special about tree cats, and honors part of that history as well as Queen Elizabeth. And you know, we, we, I think JP used the word critters. Um, in that something special with honor and Nimitz, one of the things we found out here, tree cats are tool using, tool making sentience with a developed society. Uh, they're, they're the farthest thing from critters, and we're going to learn a whole lot about this in the future. I, I so those were my, um, yep, th- those are my favorite points that I wanted to bring out. Um, Jim, I'm going to kick it over to you now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you know, it's really hard to choose one single plot point uh, to call favorite. I'll give it a shot, though. Pavel Young is a scum, and with the <laughs> death of his father, he becomes a very powerful scum, okay? Yep. Everyone recognizes this, but there are those who will choose to defend him in any case because of his position and what his disgrace will do to the kingdom if he is made to pay his dues for his actions. So honor takes it on herself to see to it. Justice is done, not just for revenge, but for the honor of the kingdom. Even if the people in its highest ranks refuse to take care of business, letting Pavel off for his crimes would have been disgraceful for the service, but even more so for the entire kingdom. He had to be made an example of what is right and just. Yeah. Hey, what was the name of the book two books back? The Honor of the Queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though that was two books ago, um, there's a direct linkage to this book and what you just said, Jim. Yeah. Very much everybody so. Was ready to, everybody was re- ready to sell out. And Honor knew this. And it was like, okay, well, if I have to do this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yep. Very yep. cool. So. And and this is You're why right, I, this is why I point out oh. uh, Lord Highridge as, as the true villain of ah. the book. Mm-hmm. All right, JP. All right, I'll I'll finish it off with probably no surprise the the demise of Pavel Young the officer. And I I know 
you guys, just because of earlier comments, appreciated this as well. I'm, I'm calling this out as a favorite. Uh, his sentencing was like good medicine. He was dishonorable, despicable, scum. All, you know, we fill all the words in. And this uh, was demonstrated in all of the symbolism in his treatment as he was, uh, as he was dealt with. Uh, I, I like that the sentencing reflected the complexity of the larger world primarily captured mm-hmm. through the novel in political movements. So there's the politics. Um, did he get what he deserved? Yeah, maybe on some level. Yes, he did. Uh, did he get everything he deserved? I would say no. Um, not necessarily, at least, but probably a hard no. Uh, I believe Weber uses that, though, to teach us about not the honor Harrington world, not the honor verse, but about our own world that we live in. That's yeah. that's reality. It's, real. it's reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was that would be that would be uh, certainly a favorite plot point, and it may be if I had to pick one, I guess that would be the one because that's the one I listed. So. Uh, there you have it. That might take us to um, to some quotes. To our quotes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Who would like to go first? Anybody here? Uh, uh, someone else. I can. Right, I'm I'll still trying it. to. I'm still trying to decide. I've got it narrowed down to four. All right. Okay. <laughs> got it narrowed down to half the book. Yeah. Right. All right. I'll go. I'll go ahead. Uh, Earl Whitehaven addresses the court-martial board as they argue over Young and Harrington like children. Okay, that was such a disgraceful (laughs) thing, but anyway. Silence. His bellow shook the room, and the disputants jerked around as one to stare at him. The naked fury on his face stunned them wordless, and he braced himself on the polished conference table as he glared at them all. Sit down, he snapped. They hesitated, and his lips drew back in a snarl. Now, he barked, and the explosive syllable drove them back into their chairs like a blow. You will all now listen to me, he went on an icy, over-controlled voice, because I will say this only once. I will have the next person who raises his or her voice in this room on either side of the discussion for any reason regardless of rank, up on charges for conduct unbecoming. Is that clear? Cracking silence between them, and he inhaled deeply and forced himself back down in his own chair. This is a court-martial. Whatever our views or disagreements, we will conduct ourselves as senior officers of Her Majesty's Navy and not as a bunch of juvenile hooligans. If you cannot maintain the rudiments of common civility in the give and take of normal conversation, then I will impose formal parliamentary rules of procedure and recognize each of you individually. So he uh, he he kind of laid down the law. He was tired. Uh-huh. He was tired of it. Yes. So and that and that wasn't just a court martial. That was a serious, the most serious of deliberations. And I love what you said, Jim. Is like they were children. Yeah, they they were like a bunch of kids. I mean, <laughs> so all right, JP or Raul, whichever one. Raul, you want me to go? You still sorting? Go for it. All right, I'm going to do it. Um, so this is unsurprisingly Pavel Young at his sentencing. He'd wanted to scream at them all to spit upon their stupid concept of honor and reject their right to judge, but he couldn't. The shock and the shame had cut too deep. 
The numbed horror of it all had frozen him, and so he stood rigidly at attention, unable to do anything else, as the lieutenant removed the beret from his head. The white beret of a starship's commander, badged with the kingdom's arms, gloved fingers ripped the badge from it and returned it to his head, replacing it with contemptuous dismissal, as if he were a child unable to even dress himself. And still he stood at attention, but then it was his sword, and he swayed ever so slightly, his eyes closed, unable to watch, as the lieutenant braced the needle-sharp point against the ground, holding it at 45 degrees, and raised a booted foot. He couldn't see it, but he heard that foot fall, heard the terrible, brittle snap of breaking steel. He stood before them, no longer a queen's officer. He stood in a ridiculous black suit, stripped of its finery, its badges of honor, and the breeze picked at the scraps of gold and ribbon which had meant so much before than he'd known before he'd lost them. The wind rolled them over the manicured grass while the broken halves of the shattered sword glittered at his feet in the brilliant sunlight. About face, the admiral's voice had snapped the command, but it no longer applied to him. His eyes had opened again against his will. It was as if someone uh, or some outside force were determined to make him watch his final shame. As those solid ranks turned their backs upon him in perfect unison. Forward march, the admiral snapped, and the officers who had not been found wanting obeyed. They marched away from him with precision marines could not have bettered, timed by the slow measured beat of a single drum, and left him alone and abandoned on the field of his dishonor. The eye, uh, his eyes popped open, escaping the substance of his nightmares for a time, his mouth twisted with a foul, bitter curse, and his fists were white-knuckled on the desk before him as the hate poured through him. That scene made me happy. Branded. Yep. Yes. There, there is no better description anywhere of a branding than that. Mm-hmm. Justice. Indeed. Yeah. It was, it was impressive. So, now... <sighs> okay. It's over to you, Raul. Well, at first, one one, one of my first (laughs) ones was from a lighter moment with with flight school and apparently uh, honor got in a little trouble when it came to flight, to flying. And it seems to be a cultural thing uh, with uh, Sphinxians. I'm not going to buy it. I think, nah, I can't do that. Uh, Just what it means to be a stead holder was one of my next favorites, but... I'm right. I'm taking that one out of my list because we've got a whole darn book uh, coming up next time for that. I can't get rid of these last two, though. I, so it's going to be two. Uh, the first is her, her position on the whole bit with the duel and a converse, the conversation we had with uh, uh, Admiral uh, Alexander. And his, his, he starts it out the comment with, I sympathize, Captain. I truly do. But I once told you direct action isn't always the best response. If you pursue this, you'll destroy yourself and your career. Then what's the point, sir? The anger had gone out of her voice, and despair softened the hardness of her eyes. Yet she held his gaze with a forlorn pride that cut him to the heart. All I ask of my queen and my kingdom, all I've ever asked, is justice, my lord. That's all I have a right to ask for. But I have a right to it. 
Isn't that what's supposed to separate us from the peeps? He winced, and she went on in that soft, pleading voice. I don't understand politics, sir. I don't understand what gives a Pavel Young the right to destroy everything he touches and hide behind the importance of compromise and political consensus. But I understand duty and common decency. I understand justice, and if no one else can give it to me than just this once, I'll take it for myself, whatever the cost. Mm-hmm. Excellent mm-hmm. quote. That, that yeah. just summed up honor. And part of the reason I have to include the other quote is because of the contrast. Uh, like I've already said, there's much more behind this than we know. If eventually, it's going to get revealed. But what's important in this quote is the understanding Elizabeth has for honor, Harrington. And, you know, on it, like I said, on a, there's the personal level, there's this friendship beginning to seed and part of who honor is with, with Estetta Holder Harrington kind of makes it possible. And part of it, I think is because just because of their positions and who they are, I don't think either of them have a lot of really true friends. So Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, talking to Alexander and Duke Cromartie, I believe it was, uh, and definitely Alan, uh, Somerville. So Duke Cromartie stop right there. The hardness was back in Elizabeth's eyes. If you're going to suggest that I order her to drop it, you can forget it. Referring to Honor Harrington and the coming duel. But your majesty, the consequent... I said I won't do it, Alan. But perhaps if you simply spoke to her, your majesty, explained the situation and just asked her not to... No. The single word came out flat and cold, and Cromartie closed his mouth. He knew that tone. The queen looked at him for a moment, her eyes harder than ever, but then her face softened and a strange expression crossed it, almost of one almost of shame. I won't pressure her, Alan. Elizabeth's voice was very quiet. I can't. If I asked her not to, she probably wouldn't, and it would be utterly unfair to her. If we'd done our job in the first place, North Hollow would have been convicted of cowardice. We wouldn't have cashiered him, Alan. We'd have, we would have shot him and none of this would have happened. You know why we couldn't, Your Majesty, Cromartie said softly. Yes, I do, and that doesn't make me feel one bit better. We failed her, Alan. It's already cost her the man she loved, and it's our fault. My God, if this kingdom ever owed any of its subjects justice, was her, it was her and we didn't give it to her. She shook her head. No, Alan. If this is the only way Dame Honor can finish the job we should have done, I won't stop her. Please, Your Majesty, if not to avoid the political consequences, think of the effects on her. There won't be any way we can protect her. She'll lose her career, and we'll lose one of our most outstanding young captains. Do you think Dame Honor doesn't know that? Elizabeth asked softly. Her eyes demanded the truth, and Cromartie shook his head silently. Nor do I. And if she knows the price, and she's willing to pay it, I'm not going to tell her she can't. And neither are you, Alan Somervale. And I forbid you to pressure her in any way. And you tell Earl Whitehaven the same goes for him. <laughs> mm. This Good was I, this was uh, the other quote I was looking at. Yeah, so I, I don't think I'm you could have had that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you could have done the quote with Honor and Hamish earlier, that, and not included this one because yeah. they they go together. And, and this is where I was saying when you read that. You, there, there's something there that really makes her sympathize and understand honor. So from there, 
I think we have really talked this one out. So as I think probably getting time for some closing thoughts. Yeah. So Go for it, Jim. Kick us okay. off. Okay. Lead us Again, in. <laughs> one, one of the best books I have ever read. My takeaway <clears throat> is that a true hero is someone who, despite the personal consequence, will do what is needed for the good of all. Honor lost nearly everything she had earned. She knew what she would face if she followed through with her plight. Yet knowing it, she moved ahead and paid the price to rid the universe of a cancer that would have done far more harm had it been allowed to grow. I will admit I was eminently satisfied at the outcome of Honor's action and at the same time saddened she was railroaded when she should have been decorated. I'm saddened by the loss of Paul Tankersley and fear she will never find another to fill the void left by his hideous demise. It is also sad how no one else had the courage to do what was right, and my view of the upper echelons of the Royal Manticoran uh, Navy have been tainted. Instead of a purge in the... Um, what Keeps, the is, People's uh, Republic of Haven? Yeah. Uh, instead of a purge in the People's Republic of Haven's ranks... Someone should consider the corruption in the Royal Manticoran Navy and purge a few of those officers, but well, with a little less violence. Yeah, the peeps were a little aggressive, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you think? Yeah. All right. So I'll pass it over to JP then. Well, uh, with each passing book, I wish I had discovered this series a long time ago, but I'm glad to be reading it now. In this one, some of the brush strokes with regards to the issues that the main characters are facing are probably a little bit larger than life, but at the same time, Weber hasn't gone overboard with the narrative. It seems like I recognize many of the larger-than-life heroes and villains through my own life. They're, they're kind of highlighted in this story. Um, Raul, kind of like you, you said earlier, uh, you know, I, I've known people like these. Um, what Weber's done here is tell a story or continue to tell a story in a way that highlights what often is more quietly there but gets lost in the noise of daily life for us. Military or not, there's something to learn in this book about politics, about relationships, um, personal and professional goals, and what happens when agendas collide with each other. More than the the previous books, this book has probably cemented in that I will read the series again someday. You know, I'm already wanting to go back and read um, these first few books, and uh, but I, I can't. There's there's too much ahead. Uh, so I, it, that's going to happen someday. And and for me as a new reader of the series, I'll tell you, I've already been recommending this series of books regularly to uh, to other folks that I know. So Raul, bring us home. Okay, here. This book, as I've already said, it's a pivotal story in Honor's life. Though, for the first, for roughly half of the book, she's not much more than a secondary character. I mean, literally the first 40% of the book, uh, according to my e-copy, was taken up by the trial and dishonorable discharge of Pavel Young. And the book ends with Honor Beached and looking like her career has, at best, had a major extended setback. Uh, there's not a lot of action, but the narrative is gripping, and it, whatever lack of action is just made up for the intensity 
of the narrative and the few moments of action that we do have in the duels themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I've rarely seen this level of character development in a story. And the truth of it is this novel is really just a setup for the next stage in honor's life. So that's my my closing thoughts. Yeah. And I would like to, I, I've been getting some communications. First of all, a shout out to uh, Baz, who has been writing me on the Honor Harrington emails. Uh, a long-term reader, uh, been reading sci-fi since he was 11. He's 66 right now. He's read the series multiple times. So hi, Baz. Uh, the other was a comment from uh, Conrad Frank uh, that's worth mentioning here. Um he sounds like, he, he, in a lot of ways, he, he sounds like uh, you guys. He, he he particularly made the comment how much he's really enjoying uh, hearing Jim and JP as readers who are encountering the Honorverse stories for the first time. <laughs> um, yeah, it... it, it it, and I and honestly, it really is great hearing 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 the the thoughts that that was that's one of the appeals to doing this podcast for me. I mean, yeah, I can talk about the book with old readers, but getting someone new that all of this stuff is new to is yeah, great. To the, to the gentleman, I'd like to say it is definitely my pleasure. <laughs> yes, yeah, Conrad and Baz, thank you for both of you for sending some comments into us. Yes. And I know we're getting other. I know we're getting other comments and feedback throughout the regular social media, but those two emails in particular, I I, I just wanted to wanted to uh, shout out. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, book ratings, folks. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> I have to. I, I'm going to go first on this one, um, and I have to qualify my rating. It, I'm cheating. The, the reason I can't call this book a five and I can only call it a four of the five out of five or four and a half out of five is because I've read Flag in Exile. Well, so right. I, that's, I have that's to your... give it a four, I have to give it a four and a half out of five, but it's quali- it's qualified by the next book. That's enough. Don't say any more. Okay, I'm not going to say any more. So, Jim, go for it. We, Take it. Thank we'll you. We'll have to start rating the hosts. <laughs> Wait, if you if you start applying that to me, and then you guys are starting to deal with negative ratings. Oh, no. oh you stop! Come on. Um, I, I'm I'm just I'm not even going to say why. I mean, this is just a five. I love this book. So yeah. I'm I'm throwing a five down as well. I absolutely completely understand, and I, I it's it makes perfect perfect sense for me. And and later when there's stuff that is just as good or better, then I'm gonna throw down a really really five. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's kind of why I went that that, that that's kind of why I went with the four point five. It's like I I can rate these books against you know just other books in general, or I can rate these books relative to each other and, yeah, and we don't know what you're talking my personal about, so. biases can't get me out of the to each other and, and like i said that's, it's that's the true. knowing what's coming yeah, yeah. so what did that, I, what I'd rather rate this us, book a 4.5 than have to rate the next book as no no this is a really really five Quiet. this is an extra extra stop, five stop 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 <laughs> i haven't said anything about <laughs> okay. what's in it I'm just saying you're gonna. That for for me, this is one of my favorites. You're headed that, that direction. 
You are All in right. that direction. I know you, so stop. <laughs> so you tell me what's right, going to be no, in the I... next book, Jim. <laughs> oh, no, we got it. So what did the ratings roll up to? Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's get there. Yeah, a 4.83 for the three of us. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. When we look at Goodreads, uh, they are at 4.21, and that includes 20,296 ratings. Okay, that's so insane for Goodreads ratings. That's a yeah, that's a lot of a lot of ratings. Yeah, and then Amazon uh, is at four point seven with one thousand two hundred and seventy six ratings, which is also high for Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, but Goodreads tends right. to be pretty harsh, and it's still a four point two one. Yeah, yeah. So well, cool. There it is. There's our ratings. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, next time, as Raul mentioned just a few minutes ago, we are going to be reading Honor Harrington book number five by David Weber entitled Flag in Exile. All right. Yes. One of my favorites. Hmm, I wonder where that's going to go. Hmm. So, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, well if you, you haven't know noticed, and, the titles are then, fairly accurate and they're being descriptive. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And the thing is, is, you know, when, with the titles, uh, like for instance, you get honor Harrington on the cover and it says field of dishonor. You think maybe something, you know, you think maybe it's going to be honor being dishonored and things like that. So, you know, the titles don't, don't reveal everything. They, uh, you have to kind of, you got to read the book to figure out why the book is titled what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm anxious. And I know what I'm going to start. It always makes done. sense. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're doing next. Flag in exile. I'll tell you what I want to tell. Uh, once again, I want to tell Hank Davis. Thank you for helping us along our path here. Yes. He has been an absolutely wonderful Network. support. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 uh, you, you really want to be, you really want to catch his other podcasts. The, the guy is fantastic. He is a lot of fun to listen oh, yeah. to, and frankly, I'm going to yep. I'm going to call out his uh, YouTube channel if you're wanting to learn a little bit about podcasting or keep abreast of some of the technologies and equipment. He's got a great YouTube channel that uh, that uh, is putting out a, a fairly consistent stream of material there too. Yep. So shout out so to our good friend and supporter uh, there. Yep. So that's our show for this evening. Mm-hmm. Well. Everyone, have yourselves a great time uh, until, I guess, next month, <sighs> which yeah. is sad. It's a whole month before we, we get to get on and talk <laughs> on our Harrington again. Hey, I got a book yeah. to read. <laughs> but until then. <laughs> I got. I know what I'm doing for the next month. There you go. <laughs> it will All not right. take you a well, month to read Flag in Exile. No. Don't, make, don't make me sad. <laughs> well, so for the honor verse today... I am Jim. I'm saying good night, Raul. Good night, everybody. And you know what? We 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 need to come up with something. I, I'm open for suggestions, uh, listeners. Uh, the old uh, Babylon Five podcast ended with "No Boom Today." Uh, we we we've got to come up with something for this. Well, but I got until something. then, oh yeah, I got something though. Yeah, what? say good night, JP. Hey, good night, JP. There we go.
for listening to Honorverse today. We welcome your feedback. Email us at honorverse at tpenetwork.com. We are a proud part of TPE Network. Visit us on the web at honorverse.net, on social media, or tpenetwork.com. You can subscribe to Honorverse today by visiting tpenetwork.com slash subscribe. Visit TPE Network for the very best in podcasting. Opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts. They do not reflect the opinions or views of Bain Books, the authors, or TPE Network. Visit Bain.com for the best in science fiction. Many of their books are available from the Bain Free Library found at their site. Theme music is Honor and Sword by Zakar Valaha. Check his website found in the show notes for all your podcasting music needs. <laughs>